Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi, everybody. I'm so happy to have you listening into today's show with my guests, Meredith Yinger and Natalie Perez. We met, I just want to tell you, we met at the beginning of the year at our local LAX Coastal Chamber of Commerce. And that's how we first met, which is the beauty of a Chamber of Commerce, I might add. And our show today is about the business that they started together, CTV Media. Welcome to the show, Meredith. Hi, Marcia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Me too. And welcome to the show, Natalie. Hi. Thank you so much, Marcia, for having us. We are so pumped to talk to you today. Wait. You know, it's really fun because oftentimes you are the people. I've kind of switched the dial for you guys. You're the ones that do some of the work that that we're doing today, and you don't. You're not the guests on your shows, and so this is a great opportunity for people that are listening to learn about what it is that you both do. And before we get into that part about your business, I always think it's a great idea to learn about my guests to know who you are. So, Meredith, I'm just going to start with you. Could you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Where did you grow up? Things like that. Education. Yeah, sure. I grew up actually locally, um, very close to the Chamber of Commerce in El Segundo um, and moved around, you know, in the South Bay. So, all along um, the coast, I feel like I need to be by the ocean to, one, know my directions, but also just for peace Mm -hmm. of mind and um, I went to an all-girls high school in Culver City, Notre Dame Academy. Shout out, go Regals! Um, and then I went to Loyola Marymount University. You know something, Meredith? I don't know the answers to these questions ahead of time, but if I was to go back and listen to my last 10 shows as an example, I cannot tell you how often – Loyola Marymount University comes up in people's background. And for those of you that are listening that are nowhere in the Los Angeles area, just so that you know, Loyola Marymount is a college that is literally three blocks from my home. It is an exceptional Jesuit college, and it used to be just a men's college. Then it became a men's and women's college. And it's I didn't know you went there, and it really is. Um, a tremendous university. So it's it's great to know that. And I didn't know you were a local girl from El Segundo, so that's pretty cool. What about you, Natalie? Yeah. What's your background? Well, I grew up in Orange County in Anaheim. And um, like Meredith, I actually also went to an all-girls Catholic high school in Fullerton called Rosary. Um, shout out, go Royals. <laughs> Royals and Regal. I know. So cool. We actually didn't know that <laughs> until just recently. <laughs> so about each other. Um, but yeah, actually, and then also I went to Loyola Marymount University, which is where we met. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no kidding. And were you 
Were you were you were you in the the fine arts department at LMU? What what did you guys study there? Yeah, actually, we both went in undecided. Or well, I went in undecided. Meredith, I was a communication studies major only. And then at the end of our freshman year, we both applied into the film school and got in. So then our, the remainder of our three years at LMU, we were film and television production majors. And then we also had our own minors. So I minored in women's studies. I got two bachelor's degrees, so I didn't leave communication studies. I just added on film and TV production. So I was in both colleges. <laughs> you know, for people, like I mentioned just, just a moment ago, for people that don't know about LMU, that film school is really exceptional. It's not just an ordinary film school. You are highly regarded, and some very famous people have come out of the film school um, from LMU. Am I right about that? Yes. You definitely it's, are. I, it's an amazing space. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's it's so beautifully located. So that's interesting to know. So there you are, your your college friends, and and then what did you do? You started your own you started your own business. Meredith, tell me about um, how did she TV media start? Maybe you could even start by telling us how you came up with that name. Yeah. So she TV media first came about. Um, I would say like two years ago now. I. Um, Natalie and I had worked together on a lot of film projects prior, um, and we'd either done, like, web series or she helped make, um, like, we worked together in the abroad program for the documentary um, in the film school at LMU during our junior year, and we were abroad in Germany together, so we worked on a bunch of documentaries and projects and traveled together, um, and so she TV, I had this idea um I don't know. The name She TV came to me in my sleep, and I know that sounds. <laughs> all of her good ideas come when she's asleep. All of them sleep is very important, people. So I just, I, I don't know. I had the name She TV, and I'd always told people I wanted to create like a network, um, and have that because Oprah is my number one, you know, idol. In um, since I was growing up, and I would always be like, I want to create my own own network but instead of own it'll be mine Meredith Yinger network and then uh she tv kind of popped into my head and I was like we should really be creating empowering content for women and kind of turn the tables and create this you know uh community and content that is positive and empowering so I sat Natalie down about two years ago and I had a powerpoint presentation laid out for her um and I pitched to her she tv and then you can add on <laughs> but yeah it was funny because she sat me down at the table she invited me over and she had this powerpoint presentation so i knew that she meant business because before this moment she had ran ideas by me we had tried out a few different like maybe we were like doing a short film or maybe we were doing a web series or something but couldn't quite grasp how we were going to do it, where it was going to go, and just the long-term vision of the project. So when she sat me down with this PowerPoint, I was like, whoa, okay, this is, like, intense. But I was immediately like, yes. And she was like, no, 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 don't say anything. Just go home and sleep on it. And I was like, okay, but yes. So I went home <laughs> and I created a yes and PowerPoint presentation, which was, like, everything that you said yes 
and how can we get men involved? How can we, you know, branch out to other audiences and stuff? And so after that, we agreed on it, and we, I think it was that day that we were like, let's buy the website, let's buy the, or let's, you know, get all the social media handles. And yeah. there was no turning back from that point on. <laughs> we're in it to win it. <laughs> I love it. I, I, it, that's, a, it's really interesting when we let our minds be at rest. Although I'm sure the three of us would all agree that's not always an easy thing to do. But that it came up, you know, it just came up. And 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 what's really awesome about that narrative is that sometimes those things come up, and we've got them. And then we get actually awake in the morning. I was like, darn, what was that good idea I had last night? So when that idea popped into your head, I'm just curious. Did you write it down right then? Did you wake up and write it? Or did you really just remember it in the morning? You know, I probably should know the answer to that question. I think that I, <laughs> I, must, I must have written it down because I don't know. Or it was one of those things that I was just like, this is something – that I probably woke up, sat up, and thought about for, like, a long period of time. And then in the morning, I just, like, had it in my brain. I was like, tomorrow at GCV, you know, we're going to figure out what the heck that means and um, develop that idea further. But I do try to write things down as soon as, like, I come up with them because it's very easy to fall back asleep and forget it. Right. Or I mean, really, sometimes this is just – I hate to admit I, that I do this, but I do – um, because my phone is fairly close to my bed. Okay, yes, it is. I Sometimes I'll just hit <laughs> notes, and I'll just speak into it, and then I'll just turn it off and attempt to go back to sleep. I know most people would say that's a terrible habit. Okay, but enough about me. So, Natalie, so, so Meredith has just pitched this great idea. You raise your hand, and you say, yes, I'm in. So what, what would I, – I heard you say that you also wanted to involve men also, but what I'd like to know is, what do you see as your mission for She TV Media? Well, we it took us a long time to like really nail down what our mission was. Um, we we went to many business classes and, and read many business books that kind of helped us really dive deep into figure out what we wanted to do. And so we came up with this company, this production company that focuses on telling untold and inspiring stories about empowered women through documentaries, commercials, and narratives. And so that oh, was that's kind of what... Beautiful. Yeah, and we wanted to involve men in the conversation, obviously, because you can't fight for equality and not include men, because then it wouldn't be equality. It would be the opposite. <laughs> and so, um, and then also just, you know, as we were reflecting on our own backgrounds as, you know, female entrepreneurs and as female filmmakers. Um, just personally, in my own story, I realized how many men were such a crucial part of my growth and my um, learning in the industry. And it was really a lot of men who had given me opportunities that were just amazing. And so it was really important to me that we involved them somehow and kept the conversation open and continued to seek their help and not shut them out. So we do, for example, have mainly all female crews, but it, we always have, I want to say at least one man on the set and it's not, 
it's not that we're choosing men over or we're, that we're choosing women over men. We're just choosing these really awesome crew members that happen to be women. Um, so that's why on our website, for example, we're like, we help businesses grow with video, but we don't exclude, you know, male-owned businesses. We work with everybody. Yeah. We always like to tell people that there is a he and she. That, there you go. There is a he and she. Boy, I, you know what? That's probably something that's said frequently, but I've never heard anybody say that. That, that, that's, that's, that's terrific because I understand that you want to give women in this industry an opportunity. When you are in basically a male-dominated field, my daughter works in construction, commercial construction. It's basically a male-dominated field. And when you can uplift other women to feel that they have an option in this field, and like you say, having women crew, if you made it so exclusively women, then in some ways you're doing precisely what you don't want to be doing, which is to be exclusionary. So I, I think that there's a nice balance there, and I think that, you know, that it's terrific that you give women these these opportunities, but that you don't exclude men at the same time, because as you said, Natalie, men are pretty important in this whole process as well. And when we think about projects, Meredith, you, I know you guys have only been around a couple of years, but what are some of the types of projects that you, that you have been working on? What do you do? Yeah, so we like to keep it interesting. So we do a wide variety of projects, anything from branded um, content, promotional videos, um, website, homepage, mission statement videos, uh, social media campaign videos documentaries, narratives. Um, we have two web series that we have um, got, in the, got in the queue that uh, we are in post-production on. And, yeah, we really look just to try and include and create empowering stories, whether that's about someone's business that they started, you know, a female-run company that you maybe wouldn't even know was run by females or, um, you know, uplifting other filmmakers and trying to support each other in a collaborative community. So um, the projects vary, but we always try and work with people that are, you know, game changing or doing something positive in the media. I love that. And, and if I understand you correctly, is all of, are all of your projects video based? That, that is, yes. you, you are video people, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. All right. That's, well, that, that's really good. Okay. Say that once again. Oh, I just said that that's our specialty and our passion. Is the video. That's, that's really great. Yes. I, you have a wonderful website. I might just mention right now, for those of you that um, are listening, that you have a great website, and it's pretty darn easy to find. It's, it's shetv.me, correct? Correct. That, that looks, that's what I'm looking at, gtv.me. And when you go to that website, you will see a, a picture of the two of you, but you will also see some of the things that you do, and people can actually fill out a survey or, or connect to you and, um, and do some work with you. So I, I do definitely want to recommend that people check out your website as well because it's, it's very, very well done. I, I really appreciate that. And because websites are important, and it sounds like what I, if, if I understood you correctly, Meredith, you, you help people design their websites as well so that they can get their message out, their brands or whatever, their books or whatever it is they're doing? 
Um, primarily what we would do um, is when people go through like a rebrand or um, their website needs updating, we always recommend that they create video content that will live on their website, um, sort of telling them, a little, the audience and their clients, a little bit more about them, their mission, like their passion, why they do what they do, um, their services offered, and then that video content we recommend live on the website and in newsletters. Um, or in email signatures as well, so people can know you and know your product. That's and so do your do your clients come to your studios? Do you ever go to them? How does the, how do you do that? So we um, oftentimes will film at the location of the office or of um, the company that we're working with. Um, other times, if it's a larger shoot, we'll like rent out a location or a studio. Um, so we kind of move around a lot. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's that's really good to know. Well, so Natalie, so what are you what are you currently working on at, at this moment? What's your project? That's a great question. Well, <laughs> we have quite a bit <laughs> under <laughs> our wing right now. It's probably not uh, just but... one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one um i'll start with like the smaller projects and then branch out into like our big giant project um but like meredith mentioned a little bit earlier we uh are working on two web series and they're both in post-production right now so one is a a three episode web series um of female witches who get in trouble using their spells and then have to find ways to put the pieces back together and it's a comedy drama and uh, that one is actually completely finished but we're looking for distribution right now we had a screening for it in Orange County a few months ago when and about 20 people RSVP'd but over 100 people showed up which was a major accomplishment yeah we were blown away it was very fun Um, and then our other web series is called The Madams and that one is in post-production and will be launching in December on a new streaming platform called Sideshow. And that one is about two sisters who start their own business together. And it's kind of a scandalous comedy, uh, comedy drama, kind of like, what is it? Mystery kind of mystery, but it's a little um, bit of, yeah, there is a little bit of thriller, like a thriller aspect yeah. to it. Um, but yes, that will be the first two episodes, like I said, will drop in December. So those are kind of more like our fun um, narrative-based projects. And then we're still working with a few, you know, nonprofits in the area to work on their, um, like one, one nonprofit is called IACT, and they're a really amazing organization. And we're working on their 10-year anniversary video well it's like a video that will drop in uh you know there <laughs> it's for a program that they're um trying to promote and uh gain more you know momentum with and it basically helps them set up an early childhood development um training program in these countries um where primarily in like refugee camps so they train um, oh. refugees, and the refugees in turn become teachers and teach the children and kind of create a harmony and safe place for these people who are have been displaced um, to learn and interact with each other. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
So do yeah, you, so when you do something, let me let me interrupt you right there. So when you do something like that, because I I tend to really go to the nonprofit side of of life. So I act is an, and I'm assuming it's just the way it's sale A C T I act, um, and there's and they're a nonprofit. Are they locally based or are they somewhere else in the country? Yeah, they're local. They're actually um, their offices are located in Hermosa Beach. Oh no, kidding! And do they? Do they take their their story out of the country? Like, are they are they in Africa? What what parts of the, of the world do they do they provide their their support? Primarily, they're in Africa, but they're also expanding um, to Greece next, I think, and a couple other um, places. It definitely lists more in detail on their website. I think it's iact.org. org. Um, okay. But well, let me check. It's <laughs> that's really, but that's really fascinating, Natalie. Because, like I said, I've had a lot of LMU connections that just happen because they happen, and I'm I'm part of a the Playa Venice Sunrise Rotary, and between between my connections of this community, it's really quite remarkable how many people have had connections to Africa, on my show, um, different different countries uh-huh. within Africa. And including acting as a way of um, teaching people about HIV and AIDS by bringing acting to some of these villages. So it's just I find that I'm I'm really always touched by projects like that, that, that you do those things. That must be very rewarding to work on projects like that, I would think. That that's that's really cool. And did you say you had one more? Because you mentioned you had the smaller. Then you said that you've got your IAC. Was there one other thing that's that's happening right now as we speak? Yes. And we are working on, this is like our huge passion project. It's a a documentary series called Scars Unseen. It is a six-part series um, about the triumph of the human spirit following six men and women who have overcome domestic violence. And so we're going to talk more about that. Yes. Wow. So, yeah. Just really quickly, too, to go back to IAC, I totally messed up the website, and I just want to make sure I get it right for them. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, it's IAC. Oh, it's IAC.NGO. Oh, NGO. How interesting. Okay, terrific. Well, well, I'll make sure that we get that, that noted. So it's IAC.NGO.com. Okay. I'm assuming. No, uh, no I'm not. Just end no dot com. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Okay, so these this scars unseen. Let let's let's talk about this because this sounds like this is really a huge project. So you said that it's um a, it's a six part series, and what what's the what's what's tell me again what this is about. So Scars Unseen is about triumph of the human spirit in domestic violence cases following uh, six men and women who have overcome domestic violence. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, We have been working on this project for over a year and a half now, probably almost as long as we've been a company. It's been in development for a very long time. um, And we feel very passionate about this project. And um, it's kind of been our baby just because it's, well, it's almost a toddler, but I know <laughs> it's walking. It's now. walking now. It's got legs and it's walking. 
Um, but this is a topic that we feel um, we have met and know people that have been affected by domestic violence, and it's such a it's such a widespread issue. And one in three people, uh, one in three women, have been affected by it, and it's just insane when you really are in a group and understand those numbers and what that really looks like. And we just didn't feel like we're not talking about it. And we're not, as a society, if we can't even talk about it, how are we going to make any progress and how can we expect people to find healing if it's not even something that is in conversation? It's that you, you have a, you, you have a really good, like I mentioned your website before, and I'm, I'm actually looking at your website right now and I'm looking at scars unseen in your documentary series. I'd be, what I'd be curious to know from, from the inside where you are, do you, do you write this? How, how does, take me a little bit through how that process works. Cause I, I, I really don't know how it works to, to film a documentary. Are these, are these, are these people that have actually experienced this or are these actors? How do, how does this process work? Yeah. So, well, and I'll also give you a little bit of backstory too about our inspiration for the project, but um, in terms of logistically how the documentary works is we have our subjects and we interviewed them all um, and it's all their, their true main stories, anything that as much detail as they want to give us and as little detail as they want to give us, it's totally up to them. Um, but usually Meredith is the one that comes up with the questions to ask and kind of how to direct the conversation, of course, one of the most beautiful things, which we've known for years now, is that a lot of times in documentary filmmaking, you'll go in with an idea of like, okay, this is how the conversation is going to go. And then midway through, someone will say something that totally redirects the, the direction of the conversation. And it ends up being 10 times better than what you had even planned in the beginning. But that's always the kind of risk factor that you take when you're making a documentary is you don't really know how, where it's going to go or how it's going to end up or how you're going to piece all the, put all the pieces together in the end in the editing room. Um, but yeah, so we did the main interviews with our six, well, we did three of the six subjects. Um, so we're about halfway through right now. And then we also interviewed some professionals. So we did, we interviewed medical professionals, legal professionals, um, people who specialize in healing from traumatic experiences um, and friends and family. Some, if, if, it, if it is appropriate for each person's story, we interview people that are, like, in their story. So if, if their family or their friends are a very integral piece of their story, then we would, we would interview them as well. Let me ask you this, because this, this is, I, I think this is just a, a really important topic. I guess the first thought that comes to my mind, and I do understand about what you said about how you start here and then you take a detour, which is why things are so organic and so beautiful in life and conversations. But how did you, how did you get people to come forward to be, and I know you're using the word subjects. That's, that's an inside word. When I hear the word subject, I think of that's the topic. But when you're using the word subject, you're really speaking about the human, Correct. Correct. Okay. Yes. So how did you come? How did you come about? Yeah. So how did you come about getting your subjects to to be to interview them to start with? 
Yeah. Well, I guess this kind of goes all the way back to the beginning. So we, when we first started out with the company, we went to a lot of networking events. And at one of the networking events we went to, we met this woman. Her name is Trish Steele. And she is the co-founder of a nonprofit called Safe Passage, which is underneath the DBA Women Crowned in Glory. Um, but Safe Passage is a nonprofit that helps women and children get out of domestic violence situations. And they have a really holistic approach to healing, which includes um, financial uh, help, financial teaching for the women and I think what kind of class for the kids it was they have a I think a karate class a karate or, or a taekwondo class for the kids mm -hmm. um, but they provide nice. the the mother and the kids both with um, psychological services counseling therapy and then just kind of like a a home-based office that they can go to and um, just get any any additional training that they need they also put on like um like a do like a makeover for the women so they'll have mm -hmm. um high-end fashion uh stores donate clothes and um, they have an in-house makeup lady i'm like stumbling yeah a makeup artist, makeup artist. <laughs> yeah. that they come and just kind of give this woman the women a really great makeover so that they can feel like there's a physical change along with the mental change that's happening yeah, I, I want to just I want to direct people to the fact that I'm now looking at this page. I'm I'm seeing this picture of of Trish Steele, and I'm seeing the musicians and some of the other people that are part of this production. And I, I once again, it doesn't surprise me that you would have a fabulous web page because it makes total sense. But I can see now that with the help of Trish. She was probably instrumental in saying, "Here are some people that would be brave enough, because uh, there's there is a brave issue here, brave enough mm -hmm. to come forward and speak about um, what's happened in their lives, because there isn't a day goes by that you don't hear about domestic abuse, either in, in print media, on the television nightly news, and on some of these um, domestic violences." Um, turn deadly and and there's trauma that can last a lifetime so i think it's really you know it's it's a really important subject and you're to be congratulated was there something specifically that inspired you to just delve into this particular project i think that after we met trish and were um thinking of how amazing her work is and she introduced us just actually by chance. We were at another event and we um, were filming Trish for um, her promotional purposes and we ended up meeting another one of our interview subjects um, there and really just kind of seeing how big of an issue this is, but also because Trish and the people we're meeting have such a a positive and hopeful approach to discussing domestic violence and to making uh, people feel comfortable enough in seeking help and in um, telling people that there are resources available. And we just felt so much hope and so many mm -hmm. wonderful things fresh in her organization that we we're like, we want to create a project that is the positive 
hopeful um, triumph of the human spirit process that's really focusing on the after process and the healing and the resources that are available and just kind of looking at it from a different perspective than what is typically portrayed. I think that's terrific. Once this documentary is done, is this going to be streamed on what you were talking about earlier on um, um, Oh, I wrote it down somewhere, and now I don't see where I wrote it. But is it going to be streamed somewhere where people will be able to watch this? Yes. I, ideally, our um, platforms that we're targeting would be PBS or HBO as the mainstream oh, uh, platforms. <laughs> oh, gosh, I hope that happens for you. Um, that would just – that would really how, – how satisfying that would be for you guys in the back, but also for the, the, the people that have been interviewed and, and have can provide inspiration for hope mm-hmm. for someone they, that may be going through something like this, because I can't imagine this is an, and this is not a giggles process. This is, this is very serious. And mm-hmm. if it could, if their words of their personal experience and triumphing, triumphing and getting beyond their trauma to living through it, um, I just I just think that that's a wonderful project, and and I would guess that you would think that this is pretty important for all of us to be discussing, right, Meredith? Yes, definitely. I think um, the more that we are aware, and the more that we can look at each other as human beings and see, okay, what's really causing this um, behavior and if you know someone that's going through this what can you do to support them what can we as a community kind of be doing or practicing to make sure that this doesn't continue um, especially starting from the younger generation and I think that violence is something that should be discussed and it should be um, taught more in schools and in um, you know just our everyday lives because we can do better, and we we know that it's possible um, for healing and for people to, um, you know, turn their lives around. So I think the more Absolutely. that we're all able to talk about it, the more it's possible. I imagine you could go all the way back to elementary school and recognize that there could be children today, as we speak, school is just getting underway, that are living in a household of domestic mm-hmm. abuse. And while they may not personally have the physical bruise on their body, they certainly could have the physical bruise in their heart. And mm-hmm. uh, I, and, and for it's, it's becomes almost like an awareness in the classroom for teachers. We don't have as many nurses and care providers in our classrooms as we could use in all of our schools today across the country. But when a, kid is acting out or, or maybe the kid is a bully and and mm-hmm. and you get to the root causes of this bulliness and you realize that this eight-year-old has seen bullying going on in his or her household for a very mm-hmm. long time and they just think that that's what you're supposed to do because that's what happens mm-hmm. to mom or that's what happens to grandma or whatever you know it's, it's like where do you break the cycle unless you start making the subject um, something people talk about, and while it's not, you know, it's not a, a happy subject, if 
if more conversation is brought towards it and funding, um, then maybe we can help young people and and men and women. I I just we think. I mean, I know most of us would think that in a domestic abuse situation that it's women that are being abused, but the tables can turn in, in, in the other direction, can they not? Can women be the abusers as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So when you do something as challenging as this, what kind of challenges as as the documentary people, the, the people that you are that are producing this documentary, what kind of challenges do you guys have to come to overcome to produce such a serious subject? I think there's a lot. I think a lot of a lot of our biggest challenges that we've um, overcome so far have been through the legal aspect. Um, so just being very aware and conscious and careful with the subjects that we do interview to make sure that their stories aren't too raw or that. By telling their story, it wouldn't. There would no. There would be no way that it would put them in danger um, after the fact. So um, I think that's been a huge part of it. And then also since the beginning of this, like I said, Meredith and I go way back, and we've made documentaries for years. And a lot of our documentaries have been more guerrilla style, which is just the run and gun. You don't need a budget. You don't need um, crew necessarily. And with this project, we really wanted to be as professional as possible. And we also got into uh, an incubator lab that's put on through Film Independent and Loyola Marymount University. Um, It's for alumni up to four years out to apply to. And basically, through the lab, which we got accepted into, you become a Film Independent member. Oh, and Film Independent is a nonprofit in Los Angeles. They help independent filmmakers. So they put on like workshops, they'll give you mentors, they have a space available for screenings or um, like rehearsals, anything that you might need. And more than anything, they're just a huge network of people that you can get to know and learn from. And so we got a membership with them. And that I think was when we were like, okay, whoa, like this, this documentary isn't just our passion project, it's something that other people believe in too. They believe in it so much that they accepted us into this program. And so through that program, we were given lots of workshops on the legal side of filmmaking and making sure that we um, get the correct insurance that we need. We make sure that we don't, um, you know, say something that we're not supposed to say or uh, Mm -hmm. just being very conscious on all sides of the spectrum. And we also got a lot of advice on marketing and distribution, which has been like the most help, I think, because in film school, they they taught us a lot about the filmmaking process, you know, from the beginning till you finish a film, but they don't teach you a lot about how to get a, a film sold or how to get it seen or on a streaming platform, for example. So that's been a lot of our focus throughout this this whole year's program is how how can we set ourselves up now so that people will watch it once the film is actually complete. Mm-hmm. So learning all of this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't ahead. interrupt. Go ahead. Oh no. I wanted to let I you finish your thought, and then I. Well, I guess what what occurs to me, Natalie, is that 
this cannot be inexpensive. And while you're working with this this um, incubator lab, um, there there you must be getting must you must have a lot of expenses when you have crews and. I don't know where you're filming this. Are you able to film this at LMU? Are you able to use their physical space? Oh, yes. That also comes with the, with the incubator oh, lab. Is that you become, on the LMU side, you become like a student again. So we had student status, which allowed us to rent out LMU's equipment for free and then also use LMU's uh, like studios and stages for free. So, yes, we were able. We filmed most of the interviews, I would say, on LMU's campus. Um, using their equipment, which was a huge help. I bet. But if people wanted to support you, they certainly could get behind you in doing something like this as well, correct? Yes, actually, through the program, we, um, through Film Independent, we have fiscal sponsorship. So um, through our website, people can donate to this project. Um, and it will be tax deductible because um, we have 501c3 status through this project. Looks like you've done pretty well so far, but there's never enough. So I can appreciate <laughs> while you, yeah. you've raised some money, you know, it, it isn't like you're going to go shopping with it. This is this is really vitally right. important to get this out there. So it sounds like you guys are like a one-man band, you know, you <laughs> – you do it all. It's it, it, it's it's pretty darn exciting. And um, I guess what I'm thinking, people that might be listening, what what would you say has been helpful um, information that you've learned that maybe you would like to say to somebody else that they might be able to apply if they wanted to do something like this? I would say definitely uh, ask for help. I think that's. The, one of the hardest things when you're starting a business or starting a film is not is being afraid to ask for help because you you think oh someone might you know uh, you know judge you for not knowing enough or you know doubt your knowledge or whatever. But honestly, we asked so many questions when we started out. We would just call up random people for like the smallest question and just be like, hey, how does this work again? And then they would tell us. And I guess along that same note, it would be to get as many mentors as possible because we have mm-hmm. a handful of mentors uh, that we we cycle through. I would say we, we meet with them about once a month and just letting them know where we are, where we want to be, and, and taking their advice. Um, that has been so important, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And just to add on to what Natalie is saying, I think – getting someone who has either tax experience, an accountant, just in setting up your business legally um, and how you want to incorporate and how you will be taxed. And I know it sounds boring, but it's really important and you could save yourself a lot of hassle um, if you get someone on board early on to help you set it up the right way. That makes sense. I, I Really, that makes sense because once once you've taken care of that part where – you have your domain, you have your your LLC or whatever it is that you have, then 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 the accountant can do his or her job and then you can do yours. But you can't you can't be halfway into a project and go, oh darn, we know we forgot to do this. It, I can see, what, but that 
that's part of marketing, distribution, all those legal things that, that you've mentioned that allows you then to get that behind you, have that team of people that work with you for you so that you can then take what you love and what your passion is, which is to be creative, which is to do things as significant as Scars Unseen or as fun as uh, Female Witches or The Madam. I mean, it sounds like, you know, you have a variety of interests and and they all sound like a lot of fun. And, and maybe somebody that's listening might think, gosh, you know what? It's not too late for me. I, I'm kind of interested in this this myself, and I think that people could certainly get involved in doing things like this. Do you are, do you add on to your team, or are do you, are you pretty well um, um, taken care of as far as your team members? No, we are definitely growing. I think the really great thing is that we're very flexible. So if there was like a smaller project, we can work as a two woman team and do you know, the video, the sound, the lighting, we can do all of it ourselves, but we are fortunately getting to a stage where a lot of our projects are bigger and that we do need more help, especially on set, but also in the office, like working on just the lead generating kind of thing, like the everyday of of what we do. (laughs) Yeah, so that we can be out creating. And so we definitely are expanding our team, which is exciting. I think that's great. I mean, if you had somebody that was your administrative assistant, and I don't know that you have that person, do you have that kind of a person already in your organization? Not at the moment. We pretty much um, are wearing a lot of hats, but um, the goal will be to bring more people on board as we grow. I think that's great. And I can imagine based on just what you've been describing for this for this um, show is that having somebody else be your front person that answers the emails, that gets the emails out, that gets that information to you, just takes one hat off of the top of your head, and I can see where that would be. That would be really, really great. I, I would I would think you would really like that. And it sounds like you've really, really grown. Uh, are, do you look back at this and go, whoa? Look where we've come in the last two years. That, that, what does that feel like? Yes. I mean, we talk about that all the time. It's so funny because our first year together, I think we changed our website like every single week, pretty much. Like every week we were like, okay, this is it. And then Monday would hit and we'd be like, oh, my gosh, how did we let that stay up over the weekend? Like, what were we thinking? Um, and so it's funny because we actually still have um, our first ever website. It's not live, so don't go searching for it. But we still have it. And it's so funny looking back at it because we want to keep it because it's so funny to look back at it yeah. and just see, like, how, like, what we thought worked back then, which was just, like, silly pictures of ourselves and a bunch of text that nobody would read. And, um yeah, it's uh, definitely fun to look back and even see, I know, like, on Facebook, for example, it does the one year ago, today, mm-hmm. and there's so many things be- because we are together almost every single day <laughs> that will see yes. things we were doing a year ago and be like, wow, yeah, that feels like it was yesterday. I, know. I, yeah. I, I can relate to that. I 
you guys are a couple of years in. I'm four and a half years in. And sometimes I look back and I think, wow, that's right. I had somebody on, like you mentioned Facebook, I had somebody that sent me a, a picture of when she was on my show with me. Her name was Trina Hall. And she said, Marsha, look at this picture of us. It was four years ago. And I'm thinking, wow. holy cow, how does a, it is pretty remarkable. But I, and moving forward, I think you have some pretty exciting projects coming forward. Can you tell us about Story in Her Eyes? What is that all about? Okay, so Story in Her Eyes is also um, a mini documentary series um, that is in post-production now, and that's also following, um, I think I have five or six um, women and their stories. Um, they vary in age and um and their stories all kind of have a universal theme of overcoming either domestic violence, sexual assault, or just another huge obstacle in their life. And they've all sort of utilized art forms as what has kind of helped them overcome. And um, that's just kind of a small project that we have um, ongoing. And then um, we have Miss Avo. <laughs> Right, Meredith? Correct. Yes. 
Oh man, that's that's not that's a character. Really... It is a mockumentary, but it is just a, a little bit of an exaggerated version of myself. Yeah, I would say it's like I would heightened because I'm like it's pretty <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny, you guys. Well, if you were to just you know have that crystal ball in front of you and you were to look into the long-term vision or goal for your corporation, your business, where where would you like to see yourself and a year or two? That's well, a big, heavy I question, think, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I had to think. I was like, a year? I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> I think long-term, um, if SheTV Media could be operating at, have a studio and operate as a um, sort of Amazon Originals studio, uh, SheTV Media Originals, where we'd be creating um, original content in-house and filming it in our studio, and also operating as a larger scale network similar to uh, more of a Netflix by women for women with a social justice cause, where we would also be hosting and streaming um, other people's content um, on the same platform as well as our original content. That's that's that doesn't seem out of the out of the realm of possibility based on what you've done in such a short short period of time. I think that's that's really great. And and even though you've only been out of college for a few years, as you look back now to those days, what would you what what advice would you would you would you give yourself some younger advice? What would you give what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know today? That's such a good question. I think right after film school, it's like you have this such a great energy looking towards the future and looking towards what you want to do. And um, I, right outside of college, got a lot of advice to say yes, yes to every project, especially, I mean, even if there's no money attached to it, just yes, building your reel and yes. And then you get to a point where you're like, oh, no, I need to make money. (laughs) So then a lot of people, in my experience, including myself, got that full-time job that then they're not happy with and you you just take it because you need the money or whatever. But I would just, looking back, I would just tell myself to continue with, you know, fighting for what what projects I truly believe in and continuing to create. Um, I know it is hard, but there is money out there and um, there's an abundance of wonderful projects. There's an abundance of money. And um, I think if you just stick with truly what you believe in and the projects that you feel the most passionate about, the money will, will come. And so I wish Good that idea. I could tell myself that so that I wouldn't have had to spend a year doing something that I didn't necessarily like. Oh, that's interesting. What so about you, nice. Meredith? Natalie's was really good. No. Um, <laughs> I think just um, to echo what she's saying and then add on, I think oftentimes, especially as women, we feel inadequate or not ready or not prepared enough. And I just think that if I could tell myself, my younger self, to not listen to anyone that would be doubtful or have it in their brain, the stereotype of what a business person looks like or what an entrepreneur looks like or what, you know, a filmmaker looks like and to just do it. Just like 
regardless of if you don't feel ready, no one's ever a hundred percent ready for anything. So why waste your time when you can be doing something that would get you excited and, you know, jazzed about life, you know, just kind of um, take the leap and you'll figure it out. It's (laughs) nice to be able to look back, you know, sometimes you just don't have that confidence when you're younger, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I don't, I know I went to film school and I know I got a really good education here and, and we're buddies and, and we have the same passions and we have the same dreams and desires, but I don't know. What do you think? I don't know either. And, it, and, and that confidence, sometimes it comes with some letdowns, really, mm-hmm. but it also comes with some successes and people that believe in you, but also once you have a strong belief in yourself, then really mm-hmm. the sky is the limit. And I, and I hear that from both of you. I hear the passion of what you both enjoy. And I also hear how much you enjoy each other. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of laughter and a lot. I wish I could be, I wish I was seeing you both because I could see you both looking at each other going, yeah, this really has been fun. Oh, she has been a lot of work. And oh my God, did you sleep last night? So I think about that and I think about balance and I think about how important, whether you're my age or your age, what do you guys do independently? I'll, I'll start with you, Meredith. What do you do that just kind of balances you out? What What does that look like for you when you're not so busy working? Yeah, I think for me it's always been the ocean. So if I can run on the beach or even if I don't have time or whatever, I can just go and sit um, near the ocean and hear the waves and just kind of bring myself back to earth, I think is the number one thing that really, really helps me um, maintain my sanity. And then also I do um, agree with you on the yoga front because the breath and, you know, we all will personally have anxiety. And I think that yoga is something that's really helped me to kind of um, get it under control or at least be aware of what's happening or what's causing me. Um, to be anxious and sort of just, like, breathe through it. Um, And just, like, they say, like, return to the breath and just remember, like, you're okay, you're breathing, you're alive, everything's going to be fine, Um, and just kind of balancing that way. I I just so agree with what you're saying. What about you, Natalie? What works for you? Yeah, I am similar in that I value – exercise and movement a lot and so whether that is yoga or I love to just go to the gym and just stay on the treadmill till it kicks me off after an hour (laughs) and just read I also love reading um but yeah I can just uh just get stuck in a book or a movie and um so yeah I would say the biggest things for me are like reading and uh exercising and then also spending time with family I'm very fortunate that my family lives uh, within an hour's drive, and so I love to visit my grandma and practice my Spanish with her and visit my parents, uh, so I think that's, like, definitely an, a necessity in in keeping that work-life balance mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, I think that's something, too, that in building a company, we believe we need to have as a value because our families are both so important to us, and um especially in starting your own business, you know, the family is going to be involved. So um, we're very fortunate to have the kind of support and, you know, 
um, relationships with our family that we do. And I think that's something that we want to include into our company as SheTV Media and just make sure that, you know, we do kind of have that work-life balance and for anyone that would work for us as well. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, you guys. You, I, I'm sure that there is a part, since you, we've all three have mentioned yoga, um, and and, it, and yoga means different things to different people. It, it You know, some people think, you know, you're going to be in this down dog warrior, all these different poses, and that's not to say that that doesn't happen. But mm-hmm. if, if I could just convince everybody that I know, whether they're your age or my age and anything in between, breathing, while it's a necessity, we're not going to be alive without breathing, but focused mm-hmm. breathing and you mentioned that you sit on sort of the anxiety side of life. Um, so do I. And I, I'm amazed at how much I calm down under some sometimes stressful situations by just taking uh, the, the, um, the breath that is, um, the, uh, what am I trying to say, where you're deliberately about taking the breath, where you are mm-hmm. focusing on taking the breath. And that really does that really does calm you down. You don't. You can do it in a chair. You can just simply mm-hmm. do it wherever you are. You can drive to the beach, like you said, or I can take my camera out and go take pictures of pelicans or whatever I like doing. But just mm-hmm. taking that breath does really make a difference, whether you're a student or whether you're anybody in between. And I think that what you guys have accomplished in a very short period of time is really admirable. And I'm so glad that you joined the chamber or we would not have met. And there's, there are connections everywhere. And Natalie, um, off the air, I'm going to tell you about my neighbor, who is a Latina, who is somebody that I think you would want to know. And so I'm not going to say her name just because I don't want people knocking on my house saying which house is hers. But she does live oh. down the street from me. And it's somebody that I'd like you to meet. But I just oh. for now want to just thank you both for, for joining me. I must just throw one other thing in here. I have had quite the weekend. I have been very fortunate to grow up and live in the same community my entire life. I was very involved in my, in my high school once I graduated with putting together reunions. And this past weekend has been incredible as we gathered together a bunch of old people because my god I don't know how we got to this age when we thought we were just standing in front of our lockers yesterday but it's true and I just want to thank a shout out to all of my friends from Westchester High School for making this a really enjoyable weekend and then next week oh my gosh you know it just it just goes on and on and you just never know Who's going to be on your show? I'm going to have a restaurateur on my show. Her name is Lisa Schwab, and she is the owner of Cantalini's. I've never had somebody on my show that owns their own restaurant, and I think that that's a very demanding job. I'm really interested in sharing her story with with all of you. So I just want to thank you both for taking the time out of your day to spend it with me. I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you. I think we need to meet and um, have a cup of coffee somewhere at, when you're not busy. Oh, my goodness. So thank you, Meredith, and thank you, Natalie, for just being a guest, guest on my show today. 
Thank you so much for having us. It was such a pleasure to talk with you, and yes, I completely agree with the coffee. Yes. We can. We will always make time for you, Marsha. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you, you guys. That's just awesome. I'm going to let you get on with your day. Go go make some more documentaries and, and, and oh, do yeah. what you do best. And I all thank right. all of you for listening and being a part of this, this joy ride with me because it's been a blast. So until next week, everybody, bye for now. Thank you.